Hey everybody, it's Mark. Welcome or welcome back to the New Spring Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free New Spring app where you can access all of our recent message content. Actually, the app is the easiest way to share all this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around here at New Spring. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Mark. I have the privilege of being pastor here at New Spring. So let me thank all of you for joining us in our first of six Christmas Eve services. So thank you to those of you in South Auditorium. Thank you to those of you in North Auditorium and in our overflow areas. We just so appreciate you spending part of your Christmas weekend with us. We're in a series right now that's called The Real Star of Christmas. And we've been thinking about movies because Christmas is a time when a lot of us go to movies. It always seems to me, though, that the movies that really fill the theaters are the superhero epics. At least that's what I see when I go to our theaters. If there's a new superhero epic coming out, that theater is gonna be the biggest theater and it's gonna be packed. Well, Hollywood knows that we love superhero movies, so we get sequels, don't we? And you can call the role through the years, Superman, Spider-Man, Black Adam, Batman, The Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, those are just a handful of the superhero movies that we go to see. But in all these movies that I've watched in my six decades, there's one phrase that the promos always promise that our superheroes will do. I saw it just the other day, again. I mean, I've seen it ever since I was a kid watching Scooby-Doo, and I see it now when I go to the theaters. The hero is going to save the world. Save the world, save the planet. I've heard that so many times. And we're used to that culturally. And I, I wonder, when we're sitting out there watching those promos, do we ever ask ourselves in the theater, why does that idea of a hero saving the world always get us? What, what is it about that idea of saving the world that we always come back and watch the movie? Well, I, the obvious answer is there for us, and, and I think we probably would all kind of mouth it at the same time. Most likely, we... We, we snag onto that because our world needs saving, doesn't it? I mean, the world that we watch every day, no matter how big you see your world or how small you see your world, the answer is always the same. Our world is broken and it needs saving. Do you, when you think of the world, do you see it in global terms? Maybe you do. Maybe you see poverty and hostilities and wars and, and geopolitical strife. If that's how you see your world, I think we would all agree with that, that uh, our world needs saving. And then maybe you see the world in national terms. Maybe you see it as an American. And your heart breaks as you look out in our world and you see racism and crime, need, anger, political polarization. And so when you think about the world needing fixed, you, you think of it in American terms. Or, may, or maybe your world is even smaller yet. Maybe you see it in terms of family. I think a lot of us, our world's pretty well relegated to family right now. And you know what? You could take the best family in the world and families are always complicated, aren't they? You know, I mean, you ever find yourself trying to explain your family to friends and after a while you just kind of throw your hands up and just say, it is complicated. It is. Even the best of families. Maybe your world's even smaller than that. I've met a lot of people during this Christmas season that their world is pretty much taken up with the pain that they feel inside. Maybe it's just a darkness. Maybe it's a seasonal darkness. Maybe it's just a pain. Even in our church at New Spring, we've watched some of our families go through extraordinary and unimaginable grief the last few days. So no matter how big or how small you see your world, whether it's the whole world, it's just what's going on inside your heart right now, I think we would all agree that our world needs saving. 
And I think that's why we like the movies with superheroes, because for a couple of hours, they do it. They use their superhuman powers, and they save the world. Whether they fly through the air or shoot spider webs out of their wrists, for two hours, they save the world. But, and you don't need me to tell you this, you didn't drive all the way here to hear this, when the credits roll and we throw away the empty popcorn bucket and we go out to our car, reality bites us because the superhero was just an actor and his salvation was just special effects. And as we say through the years, it's just the same old, same old world that we go out to. And our hero did not save the world. But as old as I am, I keep watching those movies. I think there's something inside of us. I think there's something very deep within the human psyche that craves a superhero. Dare I say it? Expects a superhero longs for a superhero. I mean, even if you don't even believe in God, let me just ask you from a purely psychological standpoint, what is it inside of us that craves that hero that saves the world? Is it, um, do you think it's because we feel helpless and we fantasize about somebody who has supernatural power saving our situation? Or is it something deeper than that? Did God place some distant echo of past understanding in our hearts? This craving for a superhero, is it a message from God that there is a real superhero that we should look for? Okay, set that aside for a moment. Let me ask you a crazy question. If you were a superhero, if you could be a superhero, how would you go about saving the planet? You don't have to be a narcissist to ask that question. I mean, I think any of us who have a, a streak of altruism that we want a different world, I think we, we, we fantasize about that sometimes, don't we? What if we had superpowers and we could save the world? I mean, I remember as a kid, the big superhero then was Superman. And Superman could fly. He had a cape. And you know, all of us boys, we were watching that. We thought that was so cool. I mean, just to be able to jump off a building and fly. And, and I even tried that when I was a kid, about six years old. I tied a towel around my neck. I climbed up on top of my dad's tool shed. I thought I would do a little flying, put my hands out front and immediately hit the ground, as you can imagine. If you were a superhero, what would you do to save the world? How would you save the planet? Somebody would say, well, I'd do something about climate. And someone else could say, well, I, <laughs> I would fix the government. <laughs> some of you may have some ideas about that, right? Um, Maybe you do something about social media. Or, or some of us out there, we'd be Batman. I mean, we would go around and we would stop all the criminals from doing all the painful things that they do. I, I'm sure we would do good things, but let's ask the question that those epic superhero movies never ask. Would people still get sick? Would they still get old? Would children die? Would people of all ages die? Could you really take away hate in people's hearts? Could you make a world where people kept their commitments? This is a spot where a lot of men and women have stood through the years and promised that they'd be faithful for the rest of their lives. If you were a superhero, could you make a world where people always told the truth and loved their next door neighbors no matter who they were? And I think about that. 
Call me crazy if you will. I probably am. But I mean, I think about that when the movies promise a hero to save the world. I mean, what I think about when I think about who we are culturally, we, we not, we're not even sure how the world got broken. And we really don't know what it would take to save it, do we? But on this Christmas news and this little sermon I'm preaching to you, I have the most wonderful news. And that news is there is a superhero. And this superhero is real, not a fantasy. He knows what's broken and he knows what to do. And this idea of saving the world is real and it's more legit than you ever thought it was. Let me take you to two verses in the Bible. And I wanna to read to you one that comes right after the most famous verse in the Bible, which is John three sixteen. Listen to John three seventeen. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Now, for some, for some of us who grew up in religion, that's a surprise to us because we sort of have this idea that God is this cosmic killjoy up in the sky with a hammer just waiting to smash anybody that gets out of line. But the word of God says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to, look at the next three words, save the world through him. And in case that's not enough, look at John 12, 47, because Jesus is talking directly. And he says this, quote, I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Don't you think it's just a little strange that the world seems very different at Christmas? It does, doesn't it? I mean, whether you're 20 or you're 80, our Christmas experiences. Just for a few days, the world seems to change. I mean, for one thing, there's a, there's a tangible, there's a physical change that takes place. We have lights everywhere. We listen to music. We swap gifts. We eat a lot of good food. But I have a question for you. And, and again, you might not even be a God follower yet, but at least like for you to entertain this at least intellectually. Is there something spiritual going on with this? I mean, I got to be honest with you. When I think about Christmas celebrations in my lifetime, cultural stuff just doesn't get there. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why we, listen, why we change our music for a whole season, why we listen, listen to all, all the Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. That go. It doesn't make sense as to why we spend the money that we do for gifts. What is it is, that's going on in Christmas? I mean, as I shared with New Spring last week, Christmas is the only holiday that has a season. Is it possible that there's something spiritual going on that's deeper than just cultural stuff? Is it possible that all this celebration might be God saying, hey, people, I've sent you a real superhero, and he really does save the world. So how does he do it? I mean, we already made the point. We humans, we don't even know how the world got broken, and we don't know how to fix it. We don't know how to save it. So how does he save the world? Well, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, in the Christmas story, the angel comes to speak to Joseph and explain to him why his girlfriend's pregnant and they haven't been together. And he says to Joseph, in Matthew 1, 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save, there's a word, his people from their sins. Take all the brokenness of our world and it all goes back to what's wrong inside of us. You know, when we were talking about saving the world and politics and culture and all those kinds of things, most of us have some ideas of what we would do to change the world. But if we got really honest, we would have to say that the stuff that is wrong in our world comes from inside of us, inside of us. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter three, verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now remember, Jesus came to save us from sin. And yet the Bible says we've all sinned. That's what makes the world broken. And we have sin defined for us in Isaiah 53, verse six. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. You know Mark's problem? Mark's problem is deep down inside in a place that's very broken, he wants to be God. He wants to call the shots. And I think that's salvation, you know, not really, but I mean, I think that's the best thing in the world. If I could, if I could have my own way, and yet God looks at me and says, Mark, that's what's broken in the world. That's what's broken in you. You take 8 billion people on the planet, bringing our own brand of wrong, and voila, that's where we are. But that's not the worst of it. Because the Bible tells us in Romans 5, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. And again, I want you to think about sin, not just in terms of, well, is this wrong or is that wrong? I just want you to think about what's broken inside of us. We have a broken operating system. And it, sin brings guilt, and guilt brings shame, and ultimately it brings death and every other bad thing that's in our world. Well, somebody could say, well, Mark, that, that doesn't leave me in a good Christmas mood because you just said the reason why the world is broken is something's broken inside of us. But don't forget our text where the Bible says, all we like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him, Jesus, the sins of us all. When Jesus came, born as a baby in Bethlehem, he was God in skin. And he came into our world and he ran the table and he lived the life that you and I can't live, never did anything wrong, took that life, laid it down on a Roman cross and the way God saw it, the blood that come out, came out of his body was a currency for everything we've ever did wrong. In Romans 6, 23, the Bible says the wages, that's the paycheck, the wages for sin is death, but the free gift, free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, how does Jesus save the world? One heart at a time. One heart at a time. He's not trying to get you to change political parties. He's not trying to get you to become an adherent to a religion. He just wants to come inside and change you from the inside out. Listen to this amazing language from John 1. But to those who did accept him, Jesus... To them, he gave power to become. We think about superheroes, they have power. But notice this, when Jesus comes into your life, he's the superhero that gives you power to become children of God to those who believe on his name. I think the brokenness we feel so many times, especially at Christmas, is we just feel so powerless. We feel so powerless, not only not to change the environment around us, but to change what's broken inside of us. And yet the Bible tells us that's why Jesus came. He knows we're broken. He knows how we got broken, but he didn't come to judge us or to condemn us. He came to save the world by changing our hearts. Today, the real star of Christmas knows three things about you. 
I don't know how many people we have on our campus right now, probably somewhere two, maybe 3,000. But he knows three things about you. Now, I don't know where you're coming from tonight. I don't know what makes you cry. I don't, make you, I don't know what you dream about. I don't know you the way I wish I could. But the first thing that I know is Jesus knows you. He knows your name. He knows you. He watched you get out of your car tonight and come in here. He saw you when you were invited to come. He knows where you're sitting, but he knows so much more. The Bible says he knows the number of hairs on your head. It's getting easier for him with me. <laughs> he knows you. Here's the one that's going to blow your mind. He knows your history. I really think a lot of reasons many people run from God is it's like, well, God, I know what's in my history, and I don't want to get close to God because he would judge me. He would condemn me. Well, you saw what I saw a few minutes ago. You saw why he came. Do you know that God knows every bit of your history? <laughs> he knows that part of your history we've forgotten, or maybe we're too drunk to remember. Listen to this. David is writing a psalm about anxiety. I love this because I deal with an anxiety disorder. But David wrote, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Wow, that meant God knew me before I was born pretty well. Every day, every minute. And yet, look at the next line. How precious are your thoughts toward me. Who am I talking to tonight? You have guilt in your past over something that you can't change. And do you hear the word of God where God was like, I knew you before you were born. I watched every day of your life. I know every minute. I know everything in your history. But my thoughts towards you are precious. I have good thoughts towards you. God is saying to you, I've never had one hard thought towards you. He knows you. He knows your history. And all oh, this gets me excited, it gives me chills. He knows what you can be. See, you don't know what you can be with Jesus. That's something that develops every day. The Word of God says this anyone who belongs to Christ becomes a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Isn't that what we crave more than anything else? A start over? A new beginning? Well, that's what we're talking about tonight. I'm going to ask you to do something. Just so that we can have a moment of quietness and anonymity, I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. Now, I wonder tonight on this Christmas Eve service, whether in South or North Auditoriums or anywhere on our concourse. I wonder if there's anyone who, like me, craves a new beginning. To have that change from the inside, that change that lets us start all over again, forgiven, made do. And one more time, it's not a religion. Religion can't do that. Most of us have discovered that. Only the person whom we're celebrating this month, 
Only he can give you a new start. He loves you. He knows you. He knows your history. And he'll give you a new start. And the Bible says it's a free gift. The word of God tells us that if you will believe that Jesus died for your sins, if you will believe that he arose from the grave, which meant he proved that he was who he said he was, and if you will invite him in, he will come in and change you from the inside out. I want to pray a prayer with you. It's a prayer that calls out for that. And these aren't magic words, but if you want that new start tonight, oh, I'd love to, I'd like to walk with you. You don't have to pray this out loud. You can just pray it in your heart. And I'm, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head for a moment so that we can just, it can be just between you and God. Here we go. Dear God, I am a sinner and I am broken. But I believe you love me very much. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And I believe he arose from the grave. Because Jesus is alive, I want him to be my savior and my king. Change me from the inside. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, would you still be in a spirit of prayer and bowing your head and closing your eyes? Because I want us just to have a moment between me, you, and God. You know, when you, when you invite Jesus Christ in, it's a real change. So if you just pray with me, I'd like for you to do something. Would you take your candle out and light it and then just quietly hold it up just all over the building and please keep it held there because there's gonna be a gift put in your hand. I wrote a book that will answer a whole lot of questions. And if you just pray with me tonight, if you'll just hold your hand up wherever you are, someone's gonna come put a book in your hand. It's called My New Walk with God. So please just hold it there for the few moments until you receive a book and then you can put your candle down when you receive the book. But thank you for the, the many of you, it looks like way over a hundred tonight, perhaps even more, who said, I, I want my life to change from the inside. All over the balcony galleries, please, thank you for your patience and just holding your candle up while we, while we share. A book I wrote now, it's not a long book. I have ADD, so I don't write very long books. But it's just a book that I wrote that talks about how you can have that experience and get close to God and, and know that you're forgiven and know that you've got a new start and know that nothing can ever take you off track. Isn't that good to know? I mean, we'll still slip and fall. We won't be perfect, but the reason you get into heaven is not because you're perfect, it's because Jesus was. And so thank you tonight. Oh my goodness, what a special, you don't know what that means to me to see all of you who, who made that decision. That's the biggest Christmas gift I'm gonna get this year. So thank you for being part of that. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Wichita, the surrounding area, we'd love for you to engage with us in one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our incredible kids and student environments, visit us at newspring.org. One more time, newspring.org.